With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gielan. And I'm Connor Flattery. And this is our 75th official episode. The Bucks made some moves last night. They traded for, sure. for Drew Holiday and they traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich. And they basically got rid of everyone else on the roster who's <laughs> not named Giannis, Brooke, or yeah. Chris Middleton. I don't know why I said Brooks before Chris Middleton. But <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just ignore that. Yeah. We know what you mean. So this was all in an effort to keep Giannis on the team. Of course. Because they traded for two players who are a little bit more high profile and their starting lineup. Yep. Probably got better. I, I don't really think you can argue with that because Drew Holiday, uh, even if he's not like an all-star, still a very elite guard, two-way ability. And Bogdan Bogdanovich has been in the trade finder for the past two years. Yeah. And they finally moved him from the Sacramento Kings, which was super interesting. I'm kind of glad to see him out there. He's overall a really good scorer. I feel like most people don't really know who he really is because he's been stuck in Sacktown. Especially because he's been behind Buddy Heald as well. Yeah, true. Um, and so I think that that was also good for the Kings to make a move. Yeah. Um, and so let's talk about the let's talk about the Drew Holiday trade first. Sure. Because this is the more juicy one, bigger name. The Bucks got the Bucks received Drew Holiday and a second round pick, the the 60th pick in the draft, in exchange for for this year in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, a 2020 first rounder, the 24th overall pick, a 2024 swapping. So like if if the Bucks have a have a better pick than the Pelicans, they they can swap it. It's just an option. Yeah. Um. Same for twenty twenty six. They have a twenty twenty five first rounder and a twenty twenty seven first rounder. All so, and all the and the three first round picks. So the twenty twenty first round pick, we don't know what pick that is. It's twenty fourth, and the two after that are also unprotected in twenty twenty five and twenty twenty seven. Um. And there's weird things like the stipend rule where like I think that they can't just straight up yeah. trade the twenty. 24 first round pick in the 2026 first round pick if they're trading 20 you know you can't trade back tra- trade your pick and back to back years but you can make a pick swap which is that the other team gets to choose if they take your pick or keep their own um so that'll be that'll be interesting and we'll see how that plays out and and those are the pick swaps are pretty safe for the new orleans pelicans because either way they're going to end up with the better of the two picks um but long story short three first round picks and, and two pick swaps and two very and two very solid nba players true but but the draft compensation is really the heart of this deal. Like that draft compensation puts the Pelicans in the same category as the Thunder for like how the hell are you gonna draft this many players? Like yeah. you're not even gonna have the roster space to hold everybody that you just are about to draft in the next five years. Yeah, and so when I saw this trade, I was thinking like, <laughs> okay, Giannis. Yeah, the Bucks must have had verbal confirmation from Giannis Antetokounmpo that if they traded for Drew Holiday, he would stay. Be- I, I I've heard yeah, I mean I've, I've heard I've heard this argument. My response is like, and so so the number one thing I keep hearing is like, okay, the Bucks are gonna regret this if Giannis doesn't sign back. I if Giannis doesn't sign back, like 
yeah, this is going to suck. But but the, at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about the what if, if if Giannis doesn't sign back yet because right now the only thing you can do is do everything in your power to get him back. Because if he leaves, spoiler alert, you're not winning a championship for the next 20 years anyway. It'll suck either yeah. way. The, yeah. Giannis is a once-in-a-generation talent for a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a small market team. Where if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you can, you, you know, you can, you, you might not have to go as all-in because the chances that three years from now you're going to go sign some other big name guy are also pretty high the milwaukee bucks have to grow their own talent or trade for it because small market exactly and so you have to capitalize on the fact that you have drafted a top five player in the nba probably more like a top three player in the nba and if you let him walk that is the biggest mistake your franchise maybe will have ever made and so you have to do everything in your power right now to keep him on the roster so for everybody out there who's thinking they gave too much they're gonna regret this sure yeah they might regret this they would also regret not having done enough to keep him if that happened anyway so you have to make this deal in my opinion if you're the box yeah if you think about it this is the best player they've had in in like 40 since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar since right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, or Oscar Robertson we're, um, we're coordinating our outfits with our <laughs> with our selection. We'll get to this guy a little bit later. Yeah, um, but he's a, he, the, the Giannis is the best player they've had in forty five years. So yeah. I I do think that it it at least helps your conscience. But I would go it so far as to make the claim that the Bucks didn't like like the ultimate goal is to make Giannis happy. But to make Giannis happy uh-huh. is to get further in the postseason, right? Yeah, and so. I don't even think that the Bucks really got better tonight, even after they made two trades and 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 cost themselves three first round picks. I still don't really think that they got better because one, um, they give up their entire bench, and their bench is probably like what a top five, a top five bench, top five role players in the NBA. They they got rid of that when they. We'll get to the next trade, but when they gave up Ersan Ilyasova, when they gave up Dante DiVincenzo, when they gave up Eric Bledsoe, and when they gave up the best three-point shooter in the league in George Hill. Yeah, percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, right? And so you gave up probably the best role-playing point guard tandem in that, like, not-all-star duo at the point guard spot of Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. I understand Eric Bledsoe has been bad in the playoffs for the past two years, but you still give up them two, and you give up three first-round picks where I honestly think— you could have just reallocated those three first-round picks to getting three more people who are just slightly worse than Drew Holiday. Like you could probably package Eric Bledsoe in one first-round pick and get it and get a guy who's probably almost as good as Drew Holiday. I don't know who that guy yeah, is. Yeah, that's a problem. But, you can't think of a guy who that would be. I don't think. I don't know, man. Like I like Drew Holiday's good, dude. But like, I don't think he's that much better than Eric Bledsoe. I don't. Oh, he is. I don't okay, think that's that's where you're I, wrong. I don't though. think he's that is, much better than Eric Bledsoe. Particularly in the playoffs, and, and now I've been I've been some actually somewhat of an advocate for Eric Bledsoe, um, like on other episodes, but he has consistently shown again and again that in the playoffs he is completely unreliable and that he basically brings the the Bucks offense down further. Right? I understand. We, everybody talks about the weaknesses of Giannis Antetokounmpo. The second biggest problem after the the obvious flaw that Giannis can't shoot threes and that struggles to create his own half-court offense the second biggest flaw on the team was that eric bledsoe couldn't either but i would eric bledsoe your point guard wasn't a shot creator but i would argue that the main strength of drew holiday isn't even his shot creation it's just it's his defense okay and and eric bledsoe made the all-nba second team but for for defense last the difference is 
people if you if you listen to interviews about NBA players, people will ask them like, you know, who's the hardest player you've had to go up against? Who's the you know who's the toughest player who's ever guarded you? Who's the one of the best defenders in the NBA? Players consistently name Drew Holiday as like a top three perimeter defender in the league. Eric Blitzo is not in that not in that conversation. And then also you also you have to remember that Eric Blitzo is six one. Drew Holiday is like 6'4". And so even if Eric Bledsoe is an all-NBA defender, he can only guard other point guards. Drew Holiday has the ability to guard your point guard, your shooting guard, your small forward. He's probably not guarding any power forwards, but you can have him play a point guard or any wing. And so you also have greater, greater defensive versatility. And, and on top of that, I think Eric Bledsoe is a great defender, as you mentioned. That's that's somewhat obvious. You can look at his you know, accolades, and, and you can tell that pretty clearly. His greatest strength is probably his defense. But Drew Holiday is pretty clearly a better defender. You can argue about how great the gap is, but at least in terms of versatility, Drew Holiday is a better defender. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and yeah. guarantee that the Bucks don't that, that the Bucks win less games this year, this upcoming That's year. That's a mistake. Than they won last year. And actually, I mean, it's a shortened season, but. In terms percentage. of in terms of win percentage, yeah, that's a mistake. They're they're gonna have a lower win percentage this year. I think they, they might be better in the playoffs because it comes in the playoffs. Yeah. It, it comes down to your starting well, five. Yeah, I, I would say at the end of the day, I, I don't think it matters. Like like if the Bucks don't if the Bucks don't win sixty games next year, no one no one cares because at the end of the day, it's gonna be all about do they win a championship. But I also think that's like I think that, I think it's a mistake it, to to make the argument that it's impossible in my opinion to make the argument that the that the Bucks haven't gotten significantly better in terms of win now from yesterday to today i'm i'm worried because i don't really think that they did plus they gave up two first and round picks and two pick swaps which they could have just used to get better it, on their own unquestionably drew holiday is a significant significant upgrade over over eric bledsoe primarily eric bledsoe plus george hill who's like okay who's, eric bledsoe for, so so primarily because of his shot creation the, the difference is that drew holiday could be the second best scorer on this team next year. He could potentially outscore Chris Middleton, which I think people aren't quite realizing. Like, there's a real chance that like Drew Holiday is a 20 point per game scorer next year. Um, especially he can score on all three levels, which is valuable. Um, and then also on the defensive end, he provides more versatility. He fits way better with Giannis than Eric Bledsoe does at the end of the day, and he's just a better player. Bogdan Bogdanovich is also if you're talking about okay, George Hill, you're going to miss his three point shooting. Bogdan Bogdanovich is nearly as good of a three-point shooter percentage-wise and on also really high volume. Um, I think and, he's also more of a shot creator. Which exactly. Is, which he's, is actually... he's bigger, right? Like, he's younger. And, and and I also think, like, like George Hill had a great season, but it, but it sort of came out of nowhere, which sort of puts in my dad's, some doubts in my mind that, like, are you really counting on him coming out and doing the exact same thing next year? I don't think it's a safe bet. I think really unquestionably... The, the Bucks wake up today with a far better starting lineup. Yes. To, to I, address... I, I concede that. But I'm, to I'm, address your point, which is, I, I know that you... Because that, we, we talked about this a little bit before, or I haven't even really responded because I was waiting to do that on the episode, but I know that you think that one of the Bucks' biggest strengths has been their depth, has been their bench, and that's the real thing that they lost here is not... Okay, you, you're not really upset over any one player that you lost. You're not really crying over Eric Bledsoe being gone because every Bucks fan knew that you were going to be better off if Eric Bledsoe wasn't their starting point guard next year. Your argument is that the the aggregate of all the players you lost is really what's going to hurt the Bucks. My response is that at the end of the day, you lost three rotational players, even though you traded away five. So you traded away Dante DiVincenzo, Ursan Ilyasova, DJ Wilson, 
Eric Bledsoe, and George Hill. Okay. In the playoffs, Ursula Ilyasova didn't cut the, touch the court, and neither did DJ Wilson. So it's down to Dante DiVincenzo, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill. Dante DiVincenzo, great young prospect. They spent the 14th overall pick on him a couple of years ago. Bogdan Bogdanovich right now is a clear upgrade. No offense to Dante DiVincenzo. He's my boy from Villanova. I love him, but it's that's the way it is. It's a clear upgrade. Drew Holiday, as I've already said, is a clear upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. So basically now I'm saying you've upgraded you've upgraded Dante DiVincenzo to Bogdan Bogdanovich and Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday. So the one player that you're missing now is George Hill. He's the he's where it hurts. I can concede that. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck it a little bit that they lost George Hill. But I think that the offensive production they will have gained from the other two guys is more than worth it, especially in the playoffs and probably in the regular season too. Okay, but let's take a look at their let's take a look at their second rotation here. Yeah, I, I understand free agency still coming up. Yeah, but, but you should also understand that the Bucks are a little bit in a cap situation because they're yeah. paying Drew Holiday like twenty seven million dollars. Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think is uh, is is in a sign in trade, so I don't even know what his contract situation is. Yeah, Chris Middleton is getting paid more than Giannis. Yep. Giannis and Brooke Lopez has a contract too. Those are your starting five. Here, here's who's on their bench right now who are going to be role players. Uh-huh. Pat Connaughton, Kyle Korver. Yeah, that's it. But but that's but, was, but but I Sterling Brown the, is, is the not idea acceptable. That, the idea that the the, the, the Bucks had a, I think that, I think that the the idea that the Bucks had like the best bench in the league or whatever last year is like a little bit overrated. Like it's not like they were running the 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 Nuggets depth last year, right? Like I think it's comparable. I don't. Um, I think I think the depth of of what so so it's George Hill. Their depth last year was what George Hill, Pat Connaughton, Urson Ilyasova, um, Kyle Korver was Kyle Like okay, so so the, so basically we're, we're counting on them having lost Urson Ilyasova, they DJ Wilson, Williams, who retired, George Hill. So okay, Marvin Williams, you also lose. They will have lost probably Wesley Matthews because it sounds like he's going to leave in free agency. They lost um, Robin Lopez, who is an the same thing. Special. I, like I don't know. None of those guys jump off. Those guys all played well from the, for the Bucks last year. Obviously, they were they were fantastic in the regular season. So, sure, those guys are going to hurt a little bit here and there because actually Giannis doesn't play that many minutes in the regular season. And so you see a guy like Ursan Ilyasova actually getting a lot of time um, just basically to be out there as a three point shooter. Once again. So you're even if your point of like okay the Bucks are going to lose more games next year is true, which I don't actually believe. I don't think it's fair to say either way that they're going to win more games or lose more games because I think like you said, Giannis doesn't play that many minutes in the regular season. He plays like thirty minutes a game, and so if your second unit isn't as good, like you might struggle a little bit more. But I think when it comes to the playoffs, when the rotation shorters, all of a sudden it's undeniable that the Bucks have had huge upgrades, and that's really where it matters, especially on the shot creation front. And that's what we've seen in this in these playoffs is where that they were lacking the most. And so you can I I in in to the credit of, of the Sacramento Kings and um the New Orleans Pelicans, I think they got fantastic returns out of the Bucks. They they they, they got really did. they got really strong assets in return. But I think that if you're the Bucks, I, I think the Bucks handled handled this offseason so far incredibly well. In, in my opinion. They gave up a lot but they're going to retain to retain Giannis Antetokounmpo based off of these moves, probably for the next like four years. He's probably going to go sign that max now. I I hope he does because I'm a I'm an honorary Bucks fan. Yeah. Um, because I spent like a week in Milwaukee at like their desk or whatever. But I I I am just a little concerned that we're even 
that the, that the thought that they didn't improve that much in my mind is even crossing my yeah, mind, given the fact that they gave up two first round picks, I, which is which three, is three first well, round picks, yeah, three first round picks, right? Yeah, and, and two pick swaps, which is by the way. That that's your only way to improve over the next three years, and yep. now that's just flushed down. Yeah, the I mean, drain. that's 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 the biggest point. Is like, okay, so if the Bucks don't win a championship next year or the <laughs> year no, after, they've, they have no way to improve except Giannis somehow. They don't have money. Getting, getting they don't better. have more trade assets. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's it. So they would so, trade Chris Middleton, I guess, for more like cap or the, something. The biggest criticism that you can have of the Bucks right now is that the the way the roster appears right now is probably the best it's going to look. Um, you know, it, for the very foreseeable future, like for a long time. Um, and so get like, and so if this isn't enough to win a championship, the Bucks are in trouble. Basically, is the, the end of the day. Or you know, maybe they maybe like, of course they'd like to win a championship. Well, obviously, only one in thirty teams can win a championship, and more often than not, it's the same few teams, right? The Bucks, or, sorry, the the Celtics and the Lakers have each won like seventeen. So their odds obviously aren't great, but. So, so yeah, basically, I'm saying like you can not win a championship and it can still be fine, but you've gone so all in that it's clear the championship's the goal. Last thing, yeah, <laughs> Drew Holiday's contract situation. He's a free agent he's, like, next time. I totally <laughs> forgot that. Yeah, he's he's gonna get a player option. He'll probably take it. Yep. And then he can he can just and then walk. he can walk. He can yeah. walk. And so you you there's a real chance. I mean, I don't know why he would walk for like I don't know what, why he what would if the walk. Bucks if, can't pay him. They'll, they'll have his bird rights or something like there's always there's like it's it's way easier to keep your players than to like to lose them and obviously if they give this much for drew holiday they're not going to want him to walk but he's, he's 31 he's going to be 32 by the, the time idea, he signs that next contract yeah he's going to be 32 uh, years old so the bucks are probably going to get stuck paying him more than they want to but they're probably going to retain him but that puts you in an even deeper hole of They've been filling out the roster of like with some three point shooters, with some role players. It's going to be even harder to do that if you if you uh, are signing if you're signing Drew Holiday to a big contract down the line. Yeah. So just going forward, yeah. I, I really hope the Bucks pull this off. I hope they do well. I hope Giannis resigns. I think that's good for the yeah. league. I think that's really good for small market teams in general because if Giannis walks, in in, in light of KD walking too, like. I, it's exactly. it's click for small markets, dude. Yep. Like, like, what more can you do? I think the Bucks have done a really good job. Shout out to their front office. Moving on to the rest of the off season. Yeah. Over the past twenty four hours, I was just like, you know, I was working on my college essays last night, just vibing, just doing whatever. Yeah. And then this kid facetimes me. He's like, you know, he he texts me saying, like, <laughs> yo, like, like, are you on the grid right now? And I'm like, like, no, I've I've been working on this. I don't have my, I don't have my phone right now. It's in yeah. the other room. What, what's up? And he and he said he says like. He says, what, "What was the trade? Oh, he, it was, he it was, was like Robert coming to no, Drew no, Holiday. No, no, no. First, he was like Drew Holiday to the Bucks, and I was like, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, whoa, that's insane. <laughs> and then, and then he texts, and Robert coming to the to the Portland Trailblazers, and I audibly gasped. <laughs> I'm so, I'm such a nerd. I'm like, oh my gosh, to, that to gave your credit, me more like, joy. <laughs> it's your second. It's like your third favorite team or something like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, well, like, why is that? But, and, and you can, so so this one this one I knew would you would love the Robert coming to the Trailblazers because if you watched our last episode where we were talking about sort of potential trades that could happen or like I guess you were talking about free agency stuff you were like Danilo Gallinari to the Trailblazers that was what you were rooting for you came yeah. in the like Damian Lillard shirt yeah um so they didn't get they didn't get Danilo Gallinari at least yeah I don't think they're going to be able to now um probably because of money but they did get Robert Covington but okay. Yeah, I'm a st- I'm a, an outstanding 
Damien Lillard supporter in that I will <laughs> I will go to the grave fighting for for the for the acknowledgement that he just has not had any support, especially on the wing. Zero uh-huh. wing shooters. The fact that Gary Trent was the best wing player since Wesley Matthews that Damian yep. Lillard has played with is ridiculous. Um, and so over the past years, you've had like you've had Evan Turner. You've had I think like like Mo Harkless has been like your best Al guy. Aminu. Al That's who I was thinking of. Al Farouk Aminu. Um, and so Robert Covington is the best wing player Damian Lillard has had in his career, except like maybe prime Nick Batum. But even yeah. even then, Damian Lillard was maybe not even an all-star at that point. So I'm just so excited that the yeah. Trailblazers finally made a trade. Finally, after all these years. I think Robert Covington will fit in beautifully with them. I think they'll finally have someone who can play defense on the wing and actually make an open three-pointer. I think this will um, bring Damian's game to the next level, CD's game to the next level. I think the defensive rotations will be beautiful because Nurkic isn't that great of a defender um for the trailblazers i think overall fantastic on the other hand i'm gonna stick with my theme of saying hey playoff teams why do you keep giving up hella first round picks for these guys that you could probably get for less in that the trailblazers gave up two first round picks they gave up two first round picks to clarify the houston rockets got that's what i was looking up right now the houston rockets got more first round picks for robert covington then the Houston Texans got first round picks for DeAndre Hopkins. Let that sink in. <laughs> the Houston Texans got one first round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. The Houston Rockets got two for Robert wow. Covington. So I think that um for the Blazers, I think you maybe gave up a bit too much, but then again, Robert Covington is probably the best wing player in the league. And on the Rockets. In the league? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Robert Covington's wing, the best wing, wing player in the wing, league. Wing role player in the league. Wing role player. Okay. Like like role. Okay. Three and D. Blah blah blah. Careful there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Dude, once I get talking about Damon Lillard, man, the high bro, the hyperbole just comes flowing out. Anyways, with the Rockets, I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm wearing the shirt right now. You know what I'm saying? But like, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're 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 blowing it up. They're blowing it up because Robert yeah. Covington is the most win now role player on this roster. And they got rid of him. Exactly. So that which is super, super, which is super alarming. Because I, I don't know. Like I, I like change the NBA. But I kind of like Harden in, in Houston. Like I kind of want to see him there. Yeah. I definitely don't want to see him go to the Nets as a Knicks fan, and also just as a fan of the league. I don't want to see him go to the Nets. I think it would be exciting. Like no, I do not want him to go to the Nets. He better not come to New York. I I kind of like. No, is, it, is it weird? Like stop. as a Knicks do, fan, do not. <laughs> I don't know. Like I like, I kind of think it would be fun. Like like. Because I think, I don't know, I kind of think that the Nets right now wouldn't win the championship as it stands. Like, yeah. I, think, I think that the Bucks would probably beat them in a seven-game series as it stands. I maybe agree. Maybe I'm wrong because like, maybe I'm just underestimating Kevin Durant, but I kind of think he's going to come back as like not a thousand percent his normal self, right? And I feel like Kyrie Irving is always injured, and so there's a quite high probability, unfortunately, that he's not fully healthy for the playoffs. Um, and so if I were picking right now, I would say the Bucks are the favorites to win the East next year and not the Nets. So I kind of think like a J- like James Harden magically ending up in Brooklyn could be like really exciting for the for the league, but at the same time like no. watching no. Watching Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and James Harden on the same team would be whack. Like whack it, whack. Yeah, no, it would not it would not be fun. It would I, be, I would, it'd be I would less, rather it would be less fun than watching the Warriors. I would I would rather see the James Harden to Philly 
for Ben Simmons. Most definitely. I feel like than, that, that, than, that, to the Nets. That, like, would, that would be, be way pairing. more exciting. That would be a fun because pairing. Because then you you maintain the net the Nets as like one of the best teams in the East while also still throwing a like a re, like rejuvenated Philly into the mix and then also the Rockets are going to stay interesting in the West because they'll have a legitimate guy to build around in Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is close to being a superstar in the NBA already and he's what like 24 so that that that's I mean if you're looking for a guy to build around Ben Simmons is awesome um it unfortunately hasn't really worked out quite as well as you would hope in Philly because partially because he doesn't get along like he and he and Joel Embiid just don't coexist that well but I think starting a rebuild building your team around him could be really interesting but yeah I, I think that this is this trade is significant not only because it makes the Portland Trailblazers a little bit more dangerous, but also because it indicates that more is to come from the Rockets. I would really be shocked now, especially after this Robert Covington move, if in the next couple of days we don't see one or both of Russell Westbrook and James Harden traded. Um, today's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday, the 18th, which is draft night. I know that people have been talking about the potential of a Russell Westbrook trade on draft night. I'm not really sure why on draft night specifically. I think because like picks could be involved, but um, that could really be interesting. Okay, we're yeah we're gonna have a 30 second Russell Westbrook segment really quickly. Dude, yeah, I I do I will be so mad if the Knicks trade for him. I will be I, I will be heated if the I, if the Knicks give up their eighth overall pick for Russell Westbrook. Keep in mind, keep in the, mind, we we sucked for an entire year to tr- to get to this point to have that pick. And you're gonna throw it away and like two other assets for Russell Westbrook. I um, that's unacceptable. I I wrote an article for our school sports newspaper that I don't know if you've read yet. Um, but I have not. I but basically making I the title of the article was should the Knicks trade for Russell Westbrook? And then I didn't actually end up talking about just specifically the Knicks for that long of it because I had to sort of say like why I don't think the Clippers trade would be great and why the Rockets are gonna have to trade Russell Westbrook, but. When I got to the Knicks, the the offer I was basing the argument off of was one that Bleach Report proposed, where the Knicks don't actually give up the eighth overall pick. They give up like Kevin Knox, Frank Nealakina, uh, Wayne Ellington, and Bobby Portis, and like a 2021 second round pick for Russell Westbrook. The Rockets would not do that. I, I at face value, the Rockets don't accept that. But the new report is that the only teams interested in trading for for Russell Westbrook are the New York Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets. If the Charlotte Hornets aren't going to put together a better pa- package than that, then no, then the he, Rockets are going to accept. No, no Houston. Zone, right? I, I would convince Houston would literally just not trade Russell Westbrook. That, yeah, <laughs> that's that's just not a satisfactory package. Look, I, like I don't, <laughs> I don't want the Knicks to give up the eighth overall pick. I and I, and I specifically said in that article, I said the only three things on the New York Knicks, like I, I, the only three assets on the New York Knicks that I'm attached to are Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, and the eighth overall pick this year. And as far as and I guess future first round picks too, but. As far as I'm concerned, everything else is available. Like Frankie Lakina and Kevin Knox, I understand that we've spent eighth and ninth overall picks on yeah, them in the last I'm couple done. years, but I have no confidence the Knicks are going to be the ones to like unlock any remaining potential they have, even yeah. though they're like 24. Yeah, um, um, I'm just not buying it. So I was I was texting with our friend Nick, who is a hundred percent a Nets bandwagon, by the way. So yeah, I would true. hate I would hate to have Harden <laughs> come yeah. and just have all of New York just bandwagon onto the Nets. Yeah. But so I was texting with him and he was like, Hey man, like it would just be fun to have like Russ in, in New York and it would yeah. just be good. And, and I'd be like, yeah, it'd be fun to like have the nine seed and not make the playoffs and still be bad and not get a good first round pick. 
Um, so I would rather tank with Frank than be mediocre with Russ. So I'm tank gonna put Frank. I'm, that's gonna be our first ever Space to Floor merch. <laughs> I would rather tank with Frank if, if we don't trade him in the next in the next week or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. I guess if if we could pull off the trade that Bleacher Report proposed, my answer in the article was like, okay, yeah, I'll take Russell Westbrook. Like, at least it would make it would be the most interesting things Nick Sands have had since we traded Chris Porzingis. And I'm like, okay, if we're just gonna be like the eighth seed in, in the Eastern Conference or, like, just barely miss it for, like, a couple of years while Russell Westbrook puts up huge stats, like, without really giving up much other than a couple of guys that we missed on with our with our lottery picks the last couple of years. I'm cool with that. Just don't trade any first-round picks, please. And really quickly, continue, uh, continuing with the Rockets, James Harden declined, like, a $50 million-a-year yeah. extension for two years. To That's make, to indicative, him, obviously. To make him, like, the highest player ever, highest-paid player ever. I would, I, dude, I, I still can't process in my mind Harden leaving yeah. for somewhere else. But then again, I was on the board that said there's no way LeBron signs with the Lakers. And then, yeah. he's, then he signed with the Lakers. The NBA continues to amaze us. I mean, this is why this is why we love the league at dude, the end of the day. It, the NBA is the best. I don't league, know. Like, I, for me personally, I was more interested in NBA offseason. Like, I was interested in NBA offseason stuff like this before I was ever really watching games. Like, I was following who would go to what team over the summer and stuff like that so this is this is where i am in my happy place i mean i miss i miss watching basketball too don't get me wrong but like <laughs> the the like tension and rumors and whatever like those get me hyped too absolutely the last trade we want to talk about is chris paul to the phoenix suns mm-hmm. this kind of kicked up the entire frenzy of trades that we saw yesterday i am 100 percent a fan for both sides honestly i think that the, the Phoenix Suns, you don't really lose anything of, of, of particular value in that you don't give up the 10th overall pick, which was the big discussion, which we discussed last week on this podcast. Go watch that later. <laughs> um, you give up the, the only quote unquote like future asset you give up is a 2022 first round pick. And by that point, if you're not good by then, then you're screwed anyways. And this was an entire failure. But I, I don't, I, I think that if the Suns give up the 2022, like, 20th overall pick no there's no harm done you would rather just have chris paul um mm. jalen lequeux not really notable ty jerome not really notable no offense hopefully they'll be good um, they're not really getting playing time like, yeah at the, end of the, day, on, on the thunder good job for chris paul you you could probably flip the entire package besides the first round pick you could flip that for at least two two more first round picks i think i think you could flip kelly Oubre for a first round pick or he's young enough to where he can yeah i don't think they're gonna flip kelly Oubre. or 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 he can just be in your rebuild because he's like what like 24 25 and then you could probably you could flip ricky rubio to a contender for a first round pick yeah i mean i kind of think a first round pick might be a little bit much to give for ricky rubio i don't know man but he's solid like like people were really excited when when they traded for Ricky when the Suns traded for Ricky Rubio a year ago. It makes me a little bit skeptical, honestly, of the Chris Paul thing. Like, people thought that Ricky Rubio would be exactly what the Suns needed, and for most of the season he wasn't. Like, they didn't really change anything. And then, given the bubble with Ricky Rubio, they were awesome. But like, I don't know. I don't. I think people might be overreacting to the bubble a little bit. Like, dude, dude, I, I've been saying that you've been overreacting to the bubble. 
with the Suns? Yeah. No, I have been. I have been no, like you, anti-Suns pretty much. Are like, you sure, dude? I, yeah. I feel like all no, the time. I, no, I mean, you're I like, said it in the last like, episode. Yeah, you were. You were like, you know, like they want to keep the bu- they want to keep the bubble roster and they can kill you, break oh, the oh, odd oh. man out. I'm no, like, that's I, not well, true. I think I think that that's true. I think <laughs> I don't think that's as in, I, and I and when I'm saying people are overreacting to the to the Sun stuff, I'm I don't I don't necessarily think that like. I guess I, I I'm saying that like I think Suns like I I it ended up being true. Like, I think that Suns management was viewing it as like, okay, well, Kelly Oubre was the one who was not getting playing time when we were at our best, and so he was the odd man out. But I, but I also think if you were watching, like, when you would watch the Suns, it didn't seem like they were missing that much without him, to be honest. Like, Kelly Oubre is obviously a very talented player, but... Very, very talented man. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna, like, I think <laughs> you didn't... You, you just made it really weird. But... I think that I think the fit just makes way more sense with Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. Um, those are the guys that they drafted specifically, knowing the player that Devin Booker is. Whereas they brought in Kelly Oubre from the Wizards. Um, so, I, but yeah, I kind of think that people are uh, the NBA fans in general overreacting to the to the Suns a little bit. Like there are people who honestly believe that like the Suns are going to be like, like a serious f- yeah. thing in the West next year. The Suns are not making it out of the first round. Yeah, no, like when not. when they do next year, clip this and like make fun of me, fine. But like, no, they're not gonna make it out of the first Exposed. round next year. Um, I'd be surprised if the Suns were anything higher than the seventh or eighth seed. I agree. Like, I would honestly be very surprised. Um, Chris Paul is awesome. I think that the likelihood that he goes back-to-back seasons without an injury, playing at the incredible level that we saw last year, is unfortunately not super high. Um, like, I think that he will probably not have a hiccupless season again, um, partially because we he was lucky to have that huge break um, before the bubble started, um, and so he was on fresh legs for the bubble. And at his ripe age, um, I'm not sure that that's going to happen again, like in next year's playoffs, for example. Yeah, um, but I, I think just the bottom line is that the Phoenix Suns have missed the playoffs for so long that they just kind of want yeah. to be good. And I feel like for a team that's been stuck in mediocrity, um, if you're trying to appease Devin Booker, I think, and, and you're trying to appease your fans, I think it's always a good thing to try to get a little bit of a winning culture. That backfired a little bit with the Minnesota Timberwolves, but mm-hmm. I think that hopefully you can go in another direction for the Phoenix Suns. Straight up, like, Chris Paul's a better player right now than Kelly Oubre. You lose a little bit of, like, the future stuff, but... If Devin Booker, if you if you run the risk of Devin Booker getting upset and and not being happy in Phoenix in the next few years, you take the like, okay, we can't rebuild with Kelly Oubre for the win now of, of Chris Paul. Shame. There's one last trade that I want to hit on. We could talk about Bruce Brown to the Nets, but like that's so what. Um, Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. Dude, I this was a huge W for the Lakers. I was yeah. a little bit upset that yeah. like not not that I'm a Lakers fan, but I was upset that they didn't just do this trade last year because they totally could have just done this trade last year right like well, they, they could have done this at the, the trade deadline with the but would the would the thunder have accepted it oh i guess because they were still in quote-unquote win now whereas because the thunder the thunder ran with it for the playoffs like if, they, okay. if so i agree if the if the thunder would were going to make that move the trade deadline they also had to trade chris paul at the deadline and they also had yeah, to yeah. you know like that, that try to point. shop steven adams that's or whatever Danilo gallinari so as uh as someone who just supports lebron james i'm not a lebron yeah. stan or anything but i think this move is phenomenal for the lakers mm. you get shot creation so you don't have like 
Alex Caruso and Rondo getting like crunch time minutes. Instead, you get a guy who was part of the best closing lineup in the NBA last year, statistically. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get him. He, he can shoot. Although he's not a great shooter, but he, he can shoot. He can create. He's fast as hell. And he mm-hmm. can just do everything on the floor. And I and so I think that that's a definite net win. You fill that point guard position that has kind of been barren, or at least that off guard position. And so I think just think this is a huge W. For the Thunder, they got Danny Green. I think they got the 28th overall pick this year. Fine. I, I like It's not a horrible return. I don't think Danny Green does anything for you. Maybe you trade him for like a second or something. Um, and then... 20th overall pick the thunder have a history of drafting good players but they've also had a history of drafting good players in the top 10 so i don't even know if they're gonna out here be even snagging someone i i basically i i'm i'm looking at this trade as okay the lakers are it seems like almost definitely gonna lose rajon Rondo to free agency this offseason honestly who cares and yeah and, and who cares but because dennis schroeder i think at his floor is like playoff rondo from beginning of the yeah. season to end of the season right like yeah. he was a 20 point per game scorer last year and arguably should have won six man of the year i think he was my pick i'm Did pretty sure 20 yeah he averaged 20 maybe like 19 point something but um like this man is is a serious shot creator scorer, playmaker three-point shooter he's a stud. like ball handler he does it all um and so he's kind of exactly what the with the he's exactly the little extra something that the lakers could need um to you know keep themselves stronger than ever uh as the rest of the league is retooling to try to take them down next year also he wears number 17 which is pretty swaggy because no one wears number 17 um Shout and, out and, for that and he's always on the cover of german 2k so okay how how can the lakers not win the championship <laughs> next year is what i'm saying i mean the, the, the other question is like did the thunder undersell um because at the end of the day, Danny Green at twenty in the twentieth overall pick is really not that much to yeah, get back. Yeah, I, I feel like other contenders probably could have paid something a little yeah. bit better. I guess I, I guess I would say that the only reason that I that I think that I'm not like okay, well, uh, wow, that package really sucks. Well, one is like Sam Presti's is goaded. Like Sam mm-hmm. Presti somehow managed to finesse everyone, and so if he couldn't finesse someone for Dennis Schroeder, there must not have been that much out there. And number two. Um, Everybody in the world knew that the that the that the Thunder were like at the top of the selling teams list this offseason. And so when other teams know that you're selling, your value the value of the things that you're trying to sell is not gonna be as high. Yeah, you lose um, a little bit of leverage. So the fact they're gonna trade Schroeder and trade Chris Paul wasn't exactly the best set best kept secret in the league, and so that diminishes their value. Yeah. All right, thank you so much for, li- for listening to this episode of Space Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple or on Spotify, subscribe and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Space Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And thank you so much. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out to Kelly Oubre. Shout out to the number 17. <laughs>